again, thank you guys so much for being with us this morning. What a great morning so far. That was, that was super sweet to be with those little ones, man. Uh, what a great blessing they were. Now I know why Jesus said, come on, bring them on to me. There was just something powerful about that moment. And so families, uh, if you're still with us, thank you for giving us the honor and privilege of, of being a part of that special moment with you guys. And Kim, thank you for this morning. You know, it's interesting. It's easy to kind of get all rah-rah, crazy excited about the Lord, right, and kind of shout out praise. But there's something just about being still, isn't there? Kind of having your spirit minister to. And that's kind of what you did for us this morning, Kim. So thank you. Just really ministering to our spirit, helping us to kind of be before the Lord in a quiet space. Uh, not a lot of quiet in our world, is there? So it's nice to kind of come in this place and find a little bit of that. So anyway, thank you. But now it's time to get crazy, raucous, and loud, and nuts. Two people are ready for that. Okay. The rest of you, not so much. All right. Uh, we are in a series, a sermon series, entitled Limitless. It's a series about the most underappreciated person and the most underutilized power in all the Bible. And his name is the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for us, and we'll dive into this study. God, would you speak to us now? Would you send your Holy Spirit in fresh and new ways? Would he blow us over? And uh, would your wind and fire and breath blow into us now? Please make it so, Father. We want our old spirits to be replaced with your spirit uh, because we know that your spirit will help us to experience life as it was fully um, designed to be experienced. So I hope the spirit now to come into each and every person in this room. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. A man moved from a big city to a small country town, and that Sunday he decided to try out a church for the very first time. So he parked his car, found a seat in the sanctuary, and pre prepared himself for worship. Well, a few minutes into the worship service, the man stood up, started clapping. Then a few minutes later, started yelling out, hallelujah. A few minutes after that, he started bobbing his head, shaking his hips. Before you knew it, the man was dancing in the middle of the aisle. An elder at that church immediately came up to him and said, what in the world are you doing? What is wrong with you? The man replied, well, I've got the spirit. The elder said, well, you didn't get him here. And so either ask him to leave or we'll ask you to leave. It's an interesting statement, isn't it? And although I'm kind of saddened by what that elder said, he's true. The man did not receive the spirit in that little church on multiple levels, right? That is true. But the truth of it is you don't receive the spirit in any one particular church. The scripture makes it clear that you receive the Holy Spirit, God's greatest gift to you, when you believe in Jesus Christ. In that moment, you receive God's breath, God's life, God's presence, God's very power. It goes from being something that's kind of out there to something that's suddenly in here. And, when, and that happens for you when you accept and come to realize and profess that what happened on the cross happened for you. That what happened on the cross was all about you. And what happened on the cross was the greatest act of love ever shown to you. When you say yes to that, guess what comes? The Holy Spirit. I'm not making this up. That's what Paul says, Galatians 3, 2. Let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law? By checking off all the boxes? By being a goody two-shoes? No, 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 no. You received the Holy Spirit because you believed the message of Jesus. Then again in Ephesians 1.13. Now you've also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. See, it's all about your belief. 
in Jesus. So if you and as soon as you believe in Jesus, then you have every right to stand up in the aisle and say, I've got the Spirit. Because you do. You have got the Holy Spirit living in you. Now, why is this important? Well, how long do you got? Because, you see, we could talk about this stuff for days or weeks or months, which is what we're doing. I first told the staff I wanted to do a Holy Spirit series over the course of three months. They looked at me like I had something growing on top of my head. And it wasn't new hair. <laughs> Holy Spirit for three months? Are you kidding? Guys, we could just talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit for three months. And then there's still his fruits, and then there's still his form and function. There are so many things we could talk about when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And I hope that you're starting to get excited about this topic. I hope that over the course of the last couple of weeks, you're starting to see that the Holy Spirit is truly at the heart and, and center of it all. The Holy Spirit is really what it means to be a Christian. It seems as if God did what he did in sending Jesus to the earth. And then Jesus did what he did in dying on the cross for us so that the Spirit could come in and do what only He can do. Everything is leading to this moment. Everything is designed for you to have a relationship with this person. Everything is about you receiving the Holy Spirit. See, from the Old Testament to the New, God's hope, God's heart, has always been to take your old spirit, a spirit of selfishness, a spirit of, of short-sightedness, a spirit of sinfulness. He's going to remove that spirit. He's going to replace it with his spirit, a spirit of life and love, power and purpose. And I'm already spitting a lot. I'm only five minutes into this thing. It's all about taking a spirit that was kind of about death and decay, your spirit, taking that spirit out of you and replacing it with the Holy Spirit. That's God's greatest hope for you, God's greatest desire for you. But again, maybe you're not all that sure as to why this is such a big deal, why all this matters. Let me see if I can't put it another way. I think it was Billy Graham who first said it, but Christianity is not a spectator sport. Christianity is not like a Rockies game or a Nuggets game, even a, even a Broncos game. Well, there have been a few Sundays in this place. I feel like I was at Mile High Stadium with all the orange and blue rocking out in here. But it's not like that. Because you see, as a Christian, you aren't called just to sit back and watch. You aren't called to simply cheer on the team or the paid professionals. You aren't called to just make some noise on occasion or buy some overpriced paraphernalia. You're called to get in on the action. As a Christian, you are called to play, to participate in, and to actually be a part of it all. As a Christian, you get to jump over the railing and go on the field. I've got the Spirit. That's what you've been called to do. And that's why the Holy Spirit is such an important thing and an important person because he is the one who empowers us to do just that. And this is really where spiritual gifts comes in. Last week we started a conversation about how the gift of the Holy Spirit comes with gifts from the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, when you believe in me, I'm going to give you a gift. It's the greatest gift imaginable. It's the gift of my Spirit. And when that spirit comes, he is going to come along with a bunch of other gifts. The Holy Spirit's love language is gift-giving. He loves to just kind of share gifts with you. So when he's in you, he's constantly trying to give more gifts to you. One author said it this way, his presence comes with his presence. His presence comes with his presence. And these presents, these gifts, they are special, spiritual 
supernatural talents and abilities that every single Christian has to do an incredible good in this world. They're not just a tangential part of our faith. They're not just for the charismatic group of the Christian uh, worldview. They are a part of every Christian's worldview. Spiritual gifts. But there's a lot of confusion out there about the gifts, aren't there? There's, there's a lot of confusion as to what they are, who receives them, how you're supposed to utilize them, where they come from, what they look like. There's a lot of confusion out there. It started in the first century, and it's continuing in the 21st century. It's continuing in this church. Let me show you what I mean. John, roll that video. My spiritual gifts is, first of all, was, or is, evangelism. My spiritual gifts are encouragement. Discernment. 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 Encouragement. Um, okay, spiritual gifts. Um, probably, what, what are some spiritual gifts? Make people happy. Exhortation. Serving others. That's a tough question. <laughs> Hair. Well, I'm always humble and try to make everybody else happy and not worry too much about myself. I would say witnessing. Making people feel welcome and loved. I'd say servanthood. Hey, not doing it now. <laughs> Discernment. I'd love to serve. Befriending people. I don't know what my spiritual gifts are. I think, I think that I have the spiritual gift of prayer. I don't know if that's a gift, though. Um, I don't know how to answer this question seriously right now because you caught me off guard. Thank you. Hospitality. Teaching. Giving and service. Ooh. I don't know, honestly. Teaching and the gift of encouragement. Gift of service? Spiritual gifts? I, I don't know, I'd probably say encouragement. Being happy and sharing that with other people. <laughs> I don't know, that's a good question. Writing and, and teaching. Teaching and leadership. Oh no, I don't want to answer this, sorry. Have a good ability to um, relate to people and talk with others. I guess one of my spiritual gifts would be faith. I have no idea. Uh, not answering these questions. That's not a spiritual gift. And I also have the gift of tongues. Yeah. And the gift of giving messages in tongues. My spiritual gift is definitely teaching and putting up with Chris. It seems as if we're about 50-50, you know, when it comes to spiritual gifts. And, and that's okay, but I'm just not sure all of us are really on the same page as the Scripture when it comes to spiritual gifts. What I mean is, is eating donuts a spiritual gift? Like, I've got that one then. Is hair a spiritual gift? Because I definitely don't have that one. Right? What is a spiritual gift? I mean, sleeping, like uh, my love for cars, smacking a golf ball. Like, what's a spiritual gift? What is this thing you're talking about? And we hinted at this last week just a little bit, right? All good gifts, donuts and hair and golf balls and everything in between, those have all been given to us by God. Every good gift comes from the Father. But spiritual gifts are a little bit different. Spiritual gifts are spiritual in nature. They're special in nature. They are supernatural in nature. So yes, a few of those things are spiritual gifts, but a few of them are not. And I want us to understand what is and what isn't because every single one of you has received a special spiritual gift supernatural gift. You see, here's the thing. When it comes to other gifts, that new power tool, that new device you have, a DVD player, that new outfit, whatever it might be, all of those gifts, those are given for your enjoyment. A spiritual gift 
is given for your empowerment. A spiritual gift is not just so you can enjoy it, it's so you can be empowered to go and do something with it. You with me? A spiritual gift is given to you so you can be a great encouragement to the rest of the world. And God has given every single Christian, when he gives you the Holy Spirit, he has given you a gift just like this. A good, special, spiritual, supernatural gift. In Isaiah 64, 1, the prophet prays a very bold and courageous prayer. He says, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. That the mountains would tremble before you. It's an interesting prayer, that you would rend the heavens. What he's saying there is, God, I want you to open up the heavens, and I want you to take what's happening up there, and I want you to make it happen down here. I want you to to move from that space into this space, and I want it to be so powerful, so undeniable, that the mountains shake, that the front range is rocking. You with me? You, You hear what his prayer is? Rend the heavens, God. But here's the thing, guys. It's happened. That prayer has been answered. It started at Jesus' baptism. Remember what happened in that moment? It says the heavens were opened and the Spirit came down. And then in Acts chapter 2, to show that wasn't just kind of a weird one-time thing, it says a wind from heaven came down. The heavens were rendered, if you will, and the Spirit blew into the lives of the first church. And that same thing continues today. Every time you believe in Jesus, heaven itself is opened up and the power of heaven, the person of the Holy Spirit, comes down into you. Hope you're starting to understand this and see this. And this changes everything. Because before, before when it was you separated from heaven, you are weak, you are fickle, you are finite, you are needy, you lack what you needed. You didn't have the talents, the abilities, the patience, the resources, the time. You couldn't do what you were being called or what you wanted to do. On our own, we were like Adam and Eve, man. We started blaming each other, like pointing fingers, started hiding in the bushes. On our own, we're like the, like the, the first King Saul who makes a mess of things and, and tears the kingdom apart. On our own, we're like Peter who says the wrong thing at the wrong time and we run away from Jesus and we want to take a stand for Jesus. That's who we are on our own. That's our spirit. But when your spirit is taken out of you and is replaced with the Holy Spirit, everything changes. God opens up the heavens and gives his spirit to the earth so that you now can partner with him to bring heaven to this earth. You with me? This is the universal signal for, yeah, I'm kind of tracking what you're saying. God sees that his children have kind of made a mess of this whole situation, that things aren't going exactly how he wanted them to go, that our life is not being experienced to the fullest. So what does he do? He rends the heavens and he sends his spirit. And when he puts his spirit in you, the spirit from heaven onto this earth, he is now asking you to bring heaven to this earth. And he's actually given you the power and the ability to do it. That's what a baby dedication is all about, right? We're not up here like, yay, we hope and pray you'll be nice. Like, we hope and pray you'll, you'll play well with others when you're older. We hope and pray that, that you, like, get good grades. We hope and pray that you, like, have a nice white picket fence and two-car garage and yay. Is that, is that what the baby dedication's all about? We are asking God, the God of the universe, church, to come down and live in and with those children. We are asking God to do something incredible through them, are we not? We are asking heaven to touch earth because of these kids. 
Well, that's what the Father says of you as well. That's what he wants for you as well. Play nice, be nice, that's it. No, 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 no. You can bring heaven to the earth. You can get in on the game. You can participate as the heavens are being opened and things are being drastically changed. You can be a part of that. And the Holy Spirit makes it happen. I love how John Piper says it in his book, We're Not Professionals. He says, what is God looking for in the world? Assistance? No, the gospel is not a help-wanted ad. The gospel is a help-available ad. God's not looking for people to work for him, but people who will let him work mightily through them. This is what God wants for you. God wants to work mightily through you. So how's he going to do that? How are you going to accomplish that task? How are you going to live out this calling? Your spiritual gifts. That's how. That's why these are so important. These spiritual gifts take you from the sidelines and into the action. They take you from the bleachers and onto the battlefield. That's what these spiritual gifts have been given to you for. I don't know where I was going with that. I just started talking and couldn't stop. 1 Corinthians 12 is a great passage talking about these gifts. It says this, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, when you didn't believe in Jesus, somehow you were influenced and led astray by all kinds of crazy things. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now to each Christian, the manifestation of the Spirit's been given for the common good. To one there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by that same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. This is quite possibly the most robust uh, chapter on spiritual gifts in all the Bible. He talks about where they come from, what their purpose is. And then he goes on in this chapter, Paul does, to list nine specific gifts. But this isn't the only list that we have. Later in the chapter, he mentions administration and healing. In Romans 12, he talks about the gifts of leading and serving. So if you take every passage in the scripture, every passage that deals with spiritual gifts, and you put them all together, kind of line them up, you have about 19 or 20 special, supernatural, spiritual gifts that have been given from heaven to this earth to bring heaven to this earth. Now, are those 20 the only ones? I'm not sure, but those are the ones that are talked about in the Bible. So those are the ones we're going to talk about. When it comes to these 20 gifts, it's probably best to divide them into categories. I like simple things. So some people say, you know, discerning gifts, declarative gifts, dynamic gifts. Some say motivational, ministerial, missional. Those are way too complicated. I'm going to, I'm going to take what Shar is teaching the little ones this morning downstairs. I'm going to take that and use it. There are three types of gifts. There are knowing, speaking, and doing. I like things super simple, and that's about as simple as it gets. The knowing gifts are the gifts of wisdom, knowledge, teaching, leading, and discerning of the spirits. The speaking gifts are gifts of preaching, prophecy, encouraging, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. There's the doing gifts of faith, hospitality, mercy, giving, serving, administration, healing, and miracles. Now, we don't have time today to talk about every single one of these or even every one in one particular category or grouping. So we're just going to start going down the list and talk about a few, especially the ones we don't know a lot about. And then next week, we'll just pick up where we left off. 
Let's talk about the knowing gifts this morning for a few minutes together. Pastor Robert Morris tells the following story concerning him and his experience with the knowing gifts. He says, I was once in a cafeteria eating with my wife when a very strong, muscular fellow walked past me. The moment my eyes fell on the man, I knew something about him. I'd never seen this man before in my life, but the Holy Spirit had given me special insight into his life. And I felt like in that moment I had to act on it. So I decided to walk away from my meal and walk over to him as he was eating his meal. I walked over to the man and said, um, excuse me, have you ever lifted weights before? He said, I needed a corny preacher joke to break the ice, and that was it. Yeah, he said, I've lifted a few weights in my time. Well, I said, this might sound strange to you, but I believe God told me something very personal about you, and I wonder if I could now share it with you. The man kind of looked at his wife, looked at his food, looked back at his wife, and was like, okay, I guess so, pull up a chair. To make a long story short, Robert goes on to tell the man that he had a vision of him. He said, when you were younger, you made a promise to God. You were in your bedroom, and you told God, if you would give me supernatural strength throughout the course of my life, if you, if you would make me super strong, I will serve you every single day. And Robert looked at the man, and he said, God came through on his end of the bargain, but you have not come through on yours. Imagine telling a complete stranger something like that in a cafeteria let alone a stranger called Mr. Muscle Man. Robert says, immediately the man's chin began to quiver. Huge tears began rolling down his face. His wife suddenly started crying as well. I cannot stop thinking about that day and that promise, he said. I know that I've let God down. I just don't know what to do about it. Robert says, I led both of them to the Lord right there in the cafeteria. A few days later, they were baptized. I mean, he just goes on to tell this amazing story of what happened in that moment, all because of the gift of knowledge. This is the special, spiritual, supernatural gift of insight, awareness. It might be insight into this particular story, but it might be insight into someone's very personal story. The gift is the supernatural exchange of information. Heaven is giving you insight into something. Heaven is teaching you something about someone or something that you could have never learned on your own. When you get this gift, you know things that, that other people don't know. You pick up on things. You make sense of things. You have insight into things that everybody else is confused about or ignorant of. Now, this gift is typically given to warn people of danger or to stop people from making a huge mistake. I've experienced this gift several times in my life. Once was at Pepperdine. We were, we were at a worship time late at night in, in the chapel. It was kind of dark, and students were leaving. And I'm just kind of standing by the door, like shaking hands, telling students we're glad that they came. And all of a sudden, the Lord was like, stop that girl and tell her to stop doing whatever it is she's doing. I'm like, uh, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with this. <laughs> like, it's late. She's got finals coming up. Let's just let bygones be bygones. Stop that girl and tell her to stop doing what she's doing. So I decided to act on it. I just grabbed the girl by the wrist. I'd never seen her before in my life. And I said, sweetheart, the Lord told me you need to stop doing what you're doing. Suddenly, she just loses it. She pulls up her sleeve. She has been cutting herself with razor blades for weeks. I said, I don't know. I, I didn't know that about you. No one told me that about you except the good Lord. He just wanted me to know that so I could help you get through that. We spent the next two years together walking through the scripture, walking through her purpose. It was incredible, man. All because of the gift of knowledge. I didn't know that. I didn't learn that. Someone didn't tell me that. The good Lord gave me the supernatural ability to offer, to offer some knowledge. Closely related to that gift is the gift of wisdom. 
Reminds me of the story of an angel. An angel appeared in a faculty meeting one time on a college campus. The dean was teaching all the faculty and staff something when this angel appeared. The angel said, Dean, you have been such an exemplary figure that I want to bless you. You have the option. Unlimited wealth, unlimited beauty, unlimited wisdom. What is it? And the dean's standing there like, wow, this is incredible. Um, unlimited wisdom. And everybody sees this happening. The angel's like, done. Pow. The gift of wisdom. The angel disappears. The dean's just standing in front of all the faculty and staff. It's kind of dumbfounded. A few minutes into it, someone's like, say something. Say something. And the dean says, I should have took the money. See, that's wisdom. The gift of wisdom, though, is the God-given ability to know, to say, but more importantly, it's the God-given ability to do the right thing at the right time. A lot of us know people who are gifted at doing the wrong thing at the wrong time, right? Or gifted at saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. This is the opposite of that. This is the gift of wisdom. You can look at a situation, you can look at a problem, you can look at a dilemma, you can look at any number of things, and you can speak life directly into them. You can make sense of the madness and stop other people from going mad. You with me? Now, that's going to creep him out, but, but that's okay, because I like to do that every once in a while. But our, my executive pastor, my associate pastor, my administrative pastor, whatever you want to call him, Dave Beatty, he has this gift. Now, you'll think, and Dave himself will say it, I have the gift because I have gray hair, is what he says. Wisdom comes not from doing things, but from doing things poorly. And Dave says, that's why I have this gift. No, Dave has the gift of wisdom because God has given him this gift. There are so many times in this church when I'm freaking out, when I'm stressed out, when I'm so burdened by things, and I won't know what to do, I won't know what to say, I won't know what the next step is, and Dave will know exactly what to do. Dave will come in in that moment, and in just one or two words, he'll be like, do this. Try this. Say this. I love that he has that gift because it has helped and protected and blessed me in so many ways. Another gift that falls in this category is the gift of discerning the spirits. This is a little bit of a different one that we haven't talked a lot about. But the Bible teaches that evil makes itself known and manifests itself in different ways in our world and throughout our lives. Now, I'm not saying there's a little devil on your shoulder and he's talking and the angel's talking at the same time. I'm not saying that, you know, the devil made me do it in every situation. I'm not saying a little evil henchman was the reason you have a headache or a flat tire or that your kids disobeyed. But evil is present, isn't it? It's alive. It's real. It's all around us. And it's trying to subtly and not so subtly take us down. And the ability to discern the spirits is the supernatural, spiritual, special ability you have to make sense of that and to sense that when it's happening. You can look in a situation, you can look into a person's heart, you can look into a decision, you can say there's something off about this, there's something not right about this, there's something evil about this. I don't know if you've ever been around someone in that situation before, but I have, and it's pretty, it's pretty phenomenal. We'll walk into a room and they'll say, something is wrong here. Something is not right in this space. Sometimes they say it's a feeling. They walk into a room and it's extremely cold. Other times they'll, they'll see a person and they'll say, I, I've seen into their heart and it's just not right. What they're saying is not matching up with what they're what their heart is saying. It's an incredible gift, and it's the ability to discern between what is of God and what is not of God. Now, here's the thing. A couple of things as we wrap up. First thing is you're probably thinking, this is weird. Right? You're probably thinking to yourself, this is kind of creepy and crazy. It's not just purely coincidental. Like, this is just weird stuff. Guys, I just want you to try to understand that we're talking about opening the heavens and blessing the earth, chances are it's going to seem a little bizarre, okay? Chances are it's going to feel a little different. Chances are it's going to look a little bit um, more, oh, I don't even know how to say it now, 
chances are it's not going to read like a book. Chances are it's not going to feel like a pat on the back. Chances are it's not just going to be something you can get on this earth. Does that make sense? We're talking about heaven coming to the earth and bringing heaven to the earth. Of course it's going to be a little bit different. Of course it's going to feel a little bit strange. So I don't want you to think this stuff is just crazy. Because here's the reason. You have these gifts. There are people in this room with these gifts. You've never thought about your intuition or your knowledge or your wisdom as being a spiritual gift. You never thought about your, your, your gut feeling or that sense you have of certain people or certain places. You never thought about that as a spiritual gift. That's exactly what it is. That is the Holy Spirit making himself known to you. And he's wanting to bring heaven to the earth through you, through that particular gift. And okay, if that doesn't help, if it's like, okay, this is still crazy and I don't think I have any of these, just look at the example of Jesus. All the stories that we love about the example of Jesus, all the stories that we kind of read over and over and over again that bring life to our hearts, they are stories where he is just simply using and utilizing these gifts. Right? There's a story in John 4 when he meets a woman, the woman at the well. Remember what he says to that woman? He says, you've been married five times and you're sleeping around even today. Who told him that? Who gave him that information? Did he, did he, have, a, did he have a book study on, on this girl before? Did, did some neighbors come over and be like, hey, the girl you're about to meet in just a couple of minutes, blah, 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 right? No, the Holy Spirit gave him the gift of knowledge so that in that moment he could bring life to that woman. You with me? Fast forward now to John 8. John 8 is the story of the adulterous woman. And everybody thinks they've got Jesus stumped. They've got him trapped. He's not going to be able to kind of weasel his way out of this situation. But what does Jesus say? He's like, you're right. That woman is imperfect. She deserves to die. So let the, let the perfect per people around her, let the perfect person be the one to throw the stone. What is that? That's the gift of wisdom coming out in its full effect. That is the gift of the Holy Spirit giving Jesus a wisdom and, and an ability to speak into a situation in, in a moment when nobody thought he could have spoken anything. Does that make sense? Or think about the moments. There's, there's times when the Pharisees are thinking certain things or where the disciples are arguing about certain things and Jesus, it says about him, and he knew what was in their hearts. He knew what they were saying. He knew what they were talking about. Why? It's the gift of discerning the spirits. Every single spiritual gift Jesus had and he expressed it and he used it and he utilized it for the good of others. Because I think he's wanting to show you it's not that creepy. It's not that weird. It's not that strange or out there. This is what it meant to live a full, abundant godly life. You with me? Before the Spirit was given, Jesus did not do a single miracle. As soon as the heavens were rendered and the Spirit came down, all of a sudden, wisdom, knowledge, discernment. Next week we'll see speaking, prophecy, healing, miracles. All of those things came into Jesus' life when the Holy Spirit came into his life. And the same is true for you. Call me kooky, call me crazy, that's fine. The same is true for you. The heavens have been rendered and now the spirit lives in you. And you have the ability, Christian, to do special, spiritual, supernatural things. And all of those gifts that you have received will bring great good to others, but you have to use them. So let me close with this. A couple of things this week I want you to do for me. One, go online on our website. We're going to put a spiritual gifts inventory. Actually, we're going to put a couple of them. Take these inventories. Take these assessments and these tests. Go and see what spiritual gift you might have. It's a series of questions, and it'll kind of narrow down maybe how God has gifted you with these gifts. Second, I want you to start praying about this. I doubt that many of you this last week were praying fervently about your spiritual gift, but I want you to start praying about it. God, how have you gifted me 
God, would you send even more gifts into me? God, that thing of knowledge, that wisdom, that discerning of the spirits, I pray that I will experience that on my own. And then third, I want you to go try it. I just want you to step out in faith and try it. If you believe that you received a word about muscle man, go talk to muscle man. If you believe that God told you something about someone that you've never learned from anybody else, go and share that. If you have a discerning spirit where you're sensing that something is off, something is wrong, would you share that? I mean, just step out, guys. The only way you'll know if you have these gifts is if you step out in faith and try to put them to work. So take the test, pray about these this week, and step out in faith and try to do one of these things. If you fail on your, fall on your face like I have many a time, that's okay. You, you just learned you didn't have that gift. But there are 19 others, and you have one of them. So we've got to figure out which one it is because this world needs it bad. This world needs heaven to come to this place and you're the one that's going to do it. Let me pray that over you. We'll get you out of here. God, we thank you for this topic. It's a hard topic and, and kind of our intellectual nature and kind of our, just our high society, Lord, we're so advanced and so smart. This is hard for us to kind of fathom that you would gift us with these invisible talents and qualities. It just sounds so silly. And yet if we look at the life of Jesus... That's exactly how he blessed and served and saved so many people. He was simply allowing the spirit to pour into and then out of him to do incredible good for others. And I pray that same will be true for this church, that we will each see that the Holy Spirit has been given to us, not so we can be nice or play nice, but so we can bring heaven to the earth. I pray that even now you will start to awaken within people the gifts they have been given, and this week you will start to put those gifts into practice, that they will start to do special, spiritual supernatural things in your name and other people will find life as a result. Make it so. Make it so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Have an amazing day. Don't forget your dollar in the bin on the way out so we can bless a family in need. God bless you. Be strong and courageous.